So friends, there is a battle going on in your life and all around your life 24 hours a day. It's a battle for your mind. Way back in 1965, a, a Presbyterian pastor by the name of Donald Gray Barnhouse wrote a book about this battle. It was republished in 1980, and it is still in print. You can still buy it from Amazon uh, today in chapters. The book is that awesome. It's called The Invisible War. And this invisible war is all about your mind. The battle is vicious. It's intense. It's unrelenting and it's unfair because our adversary, the evil one, Satan, never plays fair. We're in the second week of a five-week series called Alive and Well. With a little help from the work of Rick Warren and Saddleback Church, we want to bring hope to the issue of mental health. As I said last week, your mind is your greatest asset. And this is why the attack on your mind is so intense. The world, our, our culture, wants to shape your mind. Social media wants to shape your mind. And in the unseen world, the evil one wants to shape your mind. Friends, whatever gets your mind, gets you. So one of the most important things that we need to learn is how to guard, how to protect, how to strengthen, or as we talked about last week, how to renew your mind. Because the battle for sin, the, the battle for your life, the battle for your loyalties always starts with the mind. Your mind is the most important part of your body. The Apostle Paul, he, he describes his battle for your mind and how we are to respond. He writes, for we live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take Every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. The, the Greek word behind that phrase, take captive, means to control, uh, to conquer, to, to bring into submission. We take captive, we, we make it submit. When, when you say to me, Doug, I, I can't control my thoughts, I'll just say, hey, that's not true. If you are a spirit-filled, a surrendered follower of Jesus, with the help of Jesus, you can take every thought, you, you can take every thought and surrender it. You can make it obedient to Jesus. Only you can control your thoughts. It's in your control. Satan can't control your thoughts. He can only suggest. And God's not going to control your thoughts. He will strengthen and empower you. But what you do with your thoughts remains in your full control. So you don't ask God to take away scary thoughts, guilty thoughts, lonely thoughts, discouraging thoughts. Uh, this is something that's in your control. But you can ask God to strengthen and empower you to gain control over your thoughts. I'm, I'm not dismissing uh, the value of medical help, which is very valuable to help you get in chemical balance. But the fact of the matter is, you do not have to be thinking the thoughts that you're thinking right now. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. You can flip the channel. God has given you a will. But the key to all of this is to have a healthy mind. The key is to guard your mind from stuff that destroys. There are things that the writer of the scriptures uh, encourage us to do to keep our minds healthy and uh, so that we are able to yeah, focus our minds freely. 
And, and what I want to do is give you three choices that you can make every day that will give you a strong, healthy mind where you're able to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. This is how you guard your mind. So the first thing that I need to do is I must feed my mind with truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I mean, so much of what we struggle with when it comes to mental health is embracing uh, truth and rejecting lies. The, the problem is so often we embrace a lie and, and we believe it to be true. When, when Jesus was before Pilate, when he was there on trial before his crucifixion, Jesus said to Pilate that he was a witness to the truth and Pilate gave him a bit of a snide comeback and said, what is truth? Sometimes it, it, it takes a little bit of work to get at truth. Truth is a, a, a precious commodity. It reminds me of something called the Oxford Analytica Report. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's a thing that comes out every day. And if I wanted to get the inside scoop daily on the truth of what's happening in the world, I'd, I'd have to pay something like 14000 US to get it. So information that purports to be truth is a precious commodity. He, here's how they work. Every day at 5.30 in the morning, about 30 leaders, uh, leading scholars from Oxford, they gather in a room to hear reports from their connections all around the world, and, and then they discuss these things, like the war in Ukraine, crop prices in China, what's happening with uh, oil in the Middle East, to weather events, the pandemic, and on and on. They then decide what needs to be said about a particular issue and then figure out who is the best person in the world who knows the most about this. They contact that person and by 11 that morning, the Oxford Analytical Report comes out for that day on whatever issue they're focused on. Now, interestingly, the CIA in the US subscribe to this report, as does the KGB in Russia. China subscribes, world leaders and business leaders all over subscribe. They, they all look to Oxford Analytica to get their daily report and, and they pay big bucks for this information. Oxford Analytica is founded on the idea that the best leaders make the best decisions when they have the best information. Because the fact is, even if you're a good leader, if you don't have the best information, you're going to make a bad decision. That makes sense, right? So you've got to have the best information to make the best decision. But you and I, we're not Oxford Analytica, and, uh, but the best information you need to live the life that God wants you to live, that information is the information we find in the pages of the Bible, far more reliable than even the Oxford Analytical Report, the Word of God, it is truth. Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we need to be consumers of God's word. We need a healthy diet of God's word. We, we need to be eating throughout the day, morning, noon, and night. You know, just like nutritionists, I'm sure you've heard tell us that the best way to eat is just to eat a little bit, uh, you know, every couple of hours rather than eating big meals and going long hours between eating. They tell us it's better to eat the right foods and nibble your way through the day. This just keeps your blood levels correct and, you know, things kind of like that. It's the same way with God's truth. If you're constantly thinking about truth, it's going to renew your mind. It's going to change your mind, transform your mind. Let's take a look at King David and how he approaches the truth of God's word. He says, I rise early before the sun is up. 
I, I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. There's a, a great pattern for us here to follow. Rising early to spend time in God's word where we cry out to God and pray, where we find hope for our day from God's word and we keep that hope in our minds throughout the day. Did you know there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000 of them. If you want to renew your mind, if you want to have a healthy mind, fill your mind with the promises of God. Begin to learn, to, to memorize, think on God's promises. I mean, if you're feeling pretty hopeless about your situation, you're just not spending enough time in the promises of God. David says he starts his day here in God's word, in his promises. And by the way, there are all sorts of uh, Christian books out there full of the promises of God that you can get from Amazon or chapters. One that I would recommend was written 150 years ago by a Baptist preacher, Charles Spurgeon. He's famous for being an incredible preacher, but what, what people don't know is what an up-and-down ride he had with mental health and depression. He wrote this book of 365 daily devotions on God's promises from his own experience of God in his own up-and-down journey. It's old, it's classic, it's good. You can also download the YouVersion Bible app, and they have all sorts of Bible reading plans based on the promises of God. The promises of God are, are so powerful when we're struggling. So David starts his day with God's word, and then further on in that psalm, David says, Oh, how I love your word. I, I think about them all day long. David says in the 16th psalm, Even in the darkest night, your, your teachings fill my mind. So this is why David is called a man after God's own heart. He's thinking about the truth of God's word in the morning, all through the day, and even late at night. This is the key to a healthy, transformed mind. Let's take a look at how we see this being worked out practically in King David's life. If you know the story of King David, you know that he spent a large part of his life, you know, running for his life because the king that he was going to replace in Israel wanted to kill him. I mean, Saul just wanted him dead. So David ended up as a fugitive running from Saul, and, and for many years he was always on the run, moving from place to place, from cave to cave. I mean, just never knowing if he would wake up the next day only to face his death. I mean, how would you like to live years of your life fearing for your life? Here's how David uh, coped with this intense stress. Here's what he says. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Do you see that? I mean, that's awesome. People are trying to kill David, and he keeps his focus on God's word. Hey, if someone was tracking you down and had a bounty to take your life, would you be focused on God and his word and his laws? David says, I, I don't care what's going on in my life, morning, noon, or night. Even when people are trying to kill me, I have one thing I do. I, I keep my mind on God's truth. Friends, in a crisis, we can do this. We, we can choose to put our focus on God and what he said to us in his word. We can do this. This is called managing your mind. I feed my mind daily on God's word. Okay, another major choice I must make to have a healthy mind is, is I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. This is where it gets real tough. Because your mind needs to be liberated. Your mind needs to be delivered. 
Your mind needs to be released because you are a prisoner of your own thoughts. You are a prisoner of, of things people have told you that are not true. The reason that this is so tough is, is you've got three enemies. Your old nature, Satan, and the world, the world being the values that this world has. You know, yourself, Satan, the world, or you might have heard it this way, the, the flesh, the devil, and the world. These three enemies are, are, are working to team tackle you and, and, and keep you from having your mind liberated. They're fighting you to keep you from reaching your goals. They are battling in your mind to keep you from doing all the things that you and your best intentions want to do. All your good resolutions and things like that. Yeah, these enemies, they're not going to give up ground easily. You're going to have to fight to free your mind. So, so let's look at these three enemies. Let's start by looking at your old nature, the flesh. The Apostle Paul, man, he is just brutally honest about how his old nature keeps him in mental bondage. He says, I see in my body a different principle waging war with the law in my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that exists in my body. There's a battle going on. Paul uses the language of war. Hey, do you ever find yourself doing things that you don't really want to do? That's the battle. Now, you've become a follower of Jesus, most of you here. Um, you have all the best intentions in your new nature that Jesus gave you. I, I want to do the right thing, but the battle in your brain, the, the first battle is with your old sin nature. Your old nature is not your friend. It is the source of all of your bad habits. And this old nature was put to death by Jesus at the cross, but it is hanging on until you reach eternity. And every day, you have to choose to put your old nature, your old ways to death. Paul puts it this way. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who, who live according to the Spirit uh, think about things that please the Spirit. So the way that you put your old nature to death is you surrender every day to the filling of the Holy Spirit. You, you make an intentional surrender every day. You, you live your life according to the Spirit. You surrender to the ways of the Spirit. You're immersed in God's Word and full of the Spirit. This has a powerful transforming impact on your mind. Okay. In this battle for your mind... You have a second very powerful enemy that people like to ignore, but this is a reality. Uh, the second enemy is Satan. Satan's agenda is to control your mind. Now, he can't really do that. All he can do is influence it significantly. But he is able to send ideas and thoughts into your minds. Now, right now, hashtag Satan is trending on because... Uh, uh, a representative, a congressperson, a Marjorie um, Taylor Greene, she said some things that maybe were not the wisest way to put things. And so, yeah, it's all, all over the press right now. But let me be clear. Satan cannot force you to do anything, right? Remember these words of Paul. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. But still, he, he can make suggestions. Those suggestions can be very powerful, he is constantly planting negative thoughts in your mind. He'll use other people. He'll use social media. 
or he'll just throw a thought into your mind like, where in the world did that one come from? I mean, have you ever been praying like real hard and all of a sudden the weirdest thought comes into your mind as you're praying? Where did that come from? Well, often what has just happened is the devil has dropped the thought bomb on your mind. Martin Luther, the guy who started what we call the Protestant Reformation, said you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your head. Well, I've never been able to figure out how any of us would let a bird make a nest in our hair. So, let's change Luther's adage a little bit. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can avoid letting them crap all over you, right? You can duck, move, get out of the way, right? With your thoughts. You can't stop every thought from coming into your mind. You don't have to believe, friends, that every thought is true. You get those thoughts out of the way. So many of you, when you get a thought, you assume that it must be true. Well, one of the most important things to learn is to not believe everything you think. I, I thought it, so it must be true. No. Some of your thoughts and ideas come from your old nature. Some of your thoughts and ideas come from the evil one. You don't have to believe everything you think. I don't have to believe everything I think. I know some of you don't like this, but let's say that last phrase out loud. I don't have to believe everything I think. Can you do that? I don't have to believe everything I think. Now, with a little more conviction. I don't have to believe everything I think. If you would grab a hold of this one truth that you don't have to believe everything you think, this might be the most helpful truth on your path to mental health. Stuff you think about yourself. Stuff you think about God. Stuff you think about your husband, your wife, your partner, or the government. It's just not all true because you thought it. From the moment you wake up in the morning, there is a battle going on for your mind. I mean, it doesn't take long before Satan starts to drop little thoughts into your mind, even temptations. Hey, if you get up in the morning and, and you don't face the devil face on, it, it just means you're going in the same direction with him. Just a thought. When the devil gives you a thought, we call it temptation. When God gives you a thought, we call it inspiration. When you give yourself a thought, we call it stupidity. No, no, uh, I take that back. But be careful with your own thoughts. The Apostle Paul says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. We have to be aware that we live in a world in which Satan is at work and his evil spirits are all around us. We, we have to discern what is going on in our mind. And we have to recognize that when a thought is wrong, uh, when a thought is leading us in a destructive direction, maybe even evil, we renounce that thought then and there and we turn our minds onto something positive. Apostle James says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But it starts by you surrendering your life to Jesus, letting his spirit fill you. Then you can resist the devil. Then you can throw those thoughts out of your mind. Then you can banish the influence of the evil one on your life. Okay, one last enemy to be uh, aware of, to have a healthy mind. And the third enemy is the world's value system or, or just the world. There's an old commercial that I remember that was catchy at the time, but problematic. It was for Sprite. Do we have any Sprite drinkers here? No one, eh? Oh, sad. Anyways, the commercial says, obey your thirst. 
In other words, be the animal and do whatever you feel like doing. Obey your thirst. And that phrase, obey your thirst, is really typical of what our world tells us to do on so many fronts. Have it your way. You deserve a break today. It feels good. Do it. Obey your thirst. You know, despite our culture right now making a big deal about mental health, when you look at it overall, there is very little in our culture that actually promotes good holistic mental health. Take a look at the videos we watch, the music we listen to, the lifestyles that are promoted by celebrities. The world has its value system that really is not so healthy. The Apostle John says this, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desire of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So things like unfiltered passions, possessions, positions, um, things people go after like money, sex, and power, we need to discern where these come from. Are they simply values that our world has sold us or are they values that God promotes through the pages of the Bible? So how do you fight this battle? You, you have the best of intentions for changing, but... You got these three enemies fighting you, your old nature within you, the, the devil against you, and the world around you. I, I mean, no wonder you're struggling with discouragement and despair and failure and things like that. Let me take you back to the last part of that first passage we read where Paul tells us how we fight. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is warfare language. We examine every thought. We keep every thought under control. We test the thought against God's word and with God's spirit who fills us. And we take those thoughts captive and we make them obedient to Christ. And that means we throw out the thoughts that do not align with God's word and God's spirit. Friends, you have a choice. Your mind has to listen to you. God didn't just give you a mind, he, he gave you a will and emotions. We'll, we'll talk about emotions in our next message in this series, which is in two weeks, but part of your will is to bring your mind into order. The reason why most people are ineffective in life and actually fail at life and don't enjoy life is because they've never learned how to fight the battle of their mind. But if you take every thought captive, you test your thoughts and you bring them in submission to Jesus, you will get the healthy mind you so yearn for and your life will begin to flourish. So one last thing you have to do to have a healthy mind, which is really similar to the first thing, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it's just a little broader in application. So number three, I must focus my mind on right things. Let, let's look at the verse that Dr. Daniel Amen gave us in that video clip that introduced this message. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, what, whatever is lovely, what, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You have the ability to focus your mind on what is true, noble, right, whatever is positive. You can choose to refocus your mind on the good stuff because whatever gets your mind gets you. And if you live a life surrendered to God and his spirit, while, while God won't control your mind, he will empower you as you seek to refocus your mind. Your thoughts really are highly controllable. Friends, 
What you need to do is actually possible and accessible. You surrender to Jesus. You take every thought and you make it obedient to Jesus. You focus on his truth. Let's spend a moment in prayer and, and take the words that I pray and, and just pray them along with me and, and make them your own personal prayer. Let, let's pray together. Father God, I, I thank you for the gift of my mind. And today, I renew my commitment to surrender all of my life, including my mind, to you. So just do that. Make a commitment. Tell him you're surrendering your mind, your life to him right now. Father God, I will immerse my mind in your word throughout the week. I will prioritize church on Sunday and other things that get truth into my mind. Lord, with your spirit empowering me, I, I will free my mind from destructive thoughts. I will take every thought captive and make it obedient to you. And I will keep focused on right things, positive things, things that edify and build up. God, empower me to do those things that I need to do to have a healthy, renewed mind. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.